I've never come across anyone so well recognized in the social sector and yet so humble and gregarious in real life that I've been struggling to put down a fitting introduction for her. The list of her achievements is rather long. Formally, she's the founder director of Protsahan India Foundation. She is a member expert committee on anti-child trafficking, Delhi Commission of Women and member of CSO coalition to end child marriage in India. She's a FICI and CII awardee and she is also a speaker of repute at various global and Indian universities. I can really go on. But truly, she is no less than a guardian angel, a knight in shining armor for all those children of abuse that she has managed to heal through art and technology. Please welcome Sonal Kapoor. So thank you very much, Sonal, for uh, taking the time to do this at this uh, ungodly hour. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Okay, let's begin the conversation. Um, so I was just reading about um, that moment of compassion that you had um, and something that changed your perspective significantly in the years to come. So what happened? What, what was different about that moment this time uh, that you actually jumped at starting Protsahan after that? Um, you know, I think uh, now that your, act, your question is actually making me um, go back in time, which is pr- almost mm. about 10 and a half, 11 odd years back. And I think, um, and this is, I would also relate that moment in time that you talk of, Diksha, um, with who I have understood myself to be or, you know, who, my, who I understand myself as evolving to be. And I think mm. that was the most authentic that I have been in my life with myself. Or one of those mm. moments, um, you know, out of those several hundreds or thousands where I have been just me. Um, a lot of people ask me, you know, um, what happened in that moment or on that day uh, that led you to actually quit your corporate, um, you know, corporate race um, and mm. start this bit. But I think um, that was just some little authentic part of myself that just came to the fore. And I didn't rubbish it. I didn't neglect it, or I didn't say, "Hey, that's like, you know, yeah, yeah, you know, you open a non-profit, job, you know, when you're 60 years old." I think at 60 you probably would end up with arthritis. I don't know, you know. At 60, <laughs> at 60, I don't know if I would have. I don't know anything. What will happen when I am 60? So if there's a pressing thought that I need to do something about a problem, that just had to happen at that moment when I felt it. And here we are, 10 years later, 11 years later. Hmm. So, if you look back today at Protsahan and your journey with Protsahan, what comes to your mind? Um, I think um, that little day when, you know, it was one eight-year-old who had to be rescued from a point of going to a brothel or to a point of prostitution, um, whereas mm. any eight-year-old should be in a school or playing or sleeping or doing nothing mm. or, you know, her parents probably spoiling her crazy. Um, that yeah. kid was being sent to sell herself in the market, like literally on the market. And I think um, from that, even on that day and even today, um, I don't know if Protsahan is anything but just encouragement. And that is also the literal mm-hmm. translation of the word encouragement, the Hindi translation as Protsahan. Yeah. You know, because I I, yeah. I never had, at least on the first day, uh, now, of course, you know, there are business plans and there are Excel sheets and there are presentations of, you know, uh, the program interventions mm. and all of those things uh, now. 
um, after a decade or I think after four or five years when we started having these things. But on the first day, it just was that simple thought that this ladki ko bazaar mein nahi bikna hai. Or this this mm. kid should not be sold at at a point. She should just be you know mm. making art or studying or whatever it is. And um, mm. Protsahan that day was also encouragement. Today it is also encouragement. Of course now it's also that encouragement should also empower the girls with education, healthcare, and justice as we now define it. Mm. But it's just mm. that little moment where a girl wishes to be who she wishes to be. You know, if she wants to be a dancer, then so be it. If she wishes to be um, you know a painter mm. or an actor. academician or a lawyer she just wishes to be who she you know who she wishes to be yeah. we just push her for that that's it we just encourage her for that that is all protsahan is hmm so when you decided that you want to rescue this 8 year old uh, today um what was the first thing that you actually did um so you know i i laugh with my um friends from mba saying that you know if nothing else then mba at least teaches you to do a little basic feasibility study to basic understand mm. not that you need an mba for any of this um, basic common sense mm. would also do um but i think uh, i kind of did a little feasibility study in the area when we found out about this girl and i was on a film shoot that i was shooting i was in the ad hardcore com- communications advertising space that point in time mm. first job um you know first job as long as you're happy you don't really don't care about anything else really i loved my team i yeah. loved my people in the workplace and when this moment came upon you know um i really didn't have any non-profit experience no ngo experience yeah. barely had ever volunteered or maybe not at any organization and my understanding mm. of this was that how big is the problem you know does this problem begin and end at this kid at this girl or mm. in this particular mm. region or this particular community that we are looking at does this problem or mm. even or are there more kids irrespective girls boys but are there more kids who um, are out mm. of schools or you know who whose childhood is like lit- literally being ridiculed and um, mm. it was just a basic study of i, I don't know like 60 65 homes households that that i did on that single mm. day and uh, it came out that 19 kids 19 um all girls uh, all of them girls mm. were not being sent to school not all of them were being sexually abused but not um all those 19 kids were not being sent to school some of them had to just take mm. care of their younger siblings some of them um you know two of them were working at a dhaba uh, uh mm. one of them was a, was a daughter of a manual scavenger so she used to help her father clean the uh, the sewers etc so the whole point mm. being that abuse you know irrespective of whether it was sexual physical emotional mental whatever it was the abuse was something that i think um, i i i didn't i felt that this kid was not responsible for any of this that was happening to her you know for all those 19 yeah. um and that's how we took i took a little place on rent because that's all i could manage from my salary at that point in time so i i remember mm. for 2500 or 2000 or something we took i you know a little one room space on rent um got a teacher basically another member from the community to you know just just be my support system there because i was not from mm. the community and that's it that's how and of, of course Three months later, we got the organization registered, got the basic paperwork done, which is not mm. as difficult as it seems to be. Um, I think if you re- mm. literally follow the protocol, if you literally follow uh, the letter, um, you know, by the law, the, the law by the letter, it's it's pretty mm. simple. And that's how that's where mm. we are now. So, uh, so one thing led to the other, and you actually ended up 
you know establishing protsahan but tell me something um, you know this the kind of empathy and compassion that you had the moment you saw that girl not everybody is able to react in a way they want to help but they're not able to they don't know what to do how to do where to begin right and usually um, when you have that kind of empathy and compassion it's it's a lot to do with your own upbringing so i'd i'd want to actually go you know a little back into your childhood and understand uh, where was this all coming from um so i i don't know if i can relate to uh, how <laughs> i was as a kid because i come from a very punjabi mm. uh, household um i've got mm. a lovely set of parents i think i've been blessed with that so very very middle class or lower middle class upbringing uh but something mm. where uh, education was always the top priority there was nothing as important mm. or even you know there was nothing that you could compare to being um, you know beautifully educated and that didn't mean mm. literate that actually meant educated so you know just how my parents were um my dad is one of the most compassionate people my mom is one of mm. the most giving unconditionally giving people that i've you know uh, met in my life i am not even 100th of uh, either of them or both of them put together not mm. not even close but i think um what i did have i think more than compassion i i think um i had the courage something that um mm. for the first few years i said that um uh, you know i i didn't acknowledge that because i think also as women uh we try to dim our own shine for the longest time uh maybe it's yeah. ingrained in us maybe that's how we are brought up i i'm i'm not sure mm. but i think um now i do realize that the courage in my heart was the capital that i had i didn't have big um fun, you know funds flowing in i didn't have a huge backing of a vc or of a um, big mm. csr or whatever it's called today but i did have a lot mm. of courage and uh, that stands today as well and i think that's the only thing i had um learning about the um how how the ngo world works how you deal with the yeah. threats how you work up the programs how you scale the organization that's just been something that i've ended up learning as a consequence right so you pretty much learned on the job and um, it's all just passion that has led you to do this mm maybe i don't know there are days when there is a passion fatigue um you know maybe we can speak later in the conversation today but there is a massive compassion fatigue passion fatigue all of that that uh, does come in on certain days mm. because you know there is only sure. as much pain of the world that you can absorb um and mm. i think um, uh, people like us and i will happily pull you in this thing as well the people mm-hmm. like us i think um empathy also becomes a cause of harm self harm on days that mm. you leave it unchecked you know you can feel yeah. too much for the world you can feel way too much for things but there has to be a certain objectivity um uh, you know that yeah. that you need to bring in to your work only to create more impact right. but certainly more objectivity yeah. i agree and there has to be some rational to this right like they say some method to the madness also right i mean you can feel all the empathy in the world but if it's not led by uh, well thought through action then it's really not going to lead you anywhere Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So, I think you were 24 when you started Protsahan, right? Yes, now I'm very old. I have white hair. <laughs> well, so do I. Don't worry. We've all grown wiser. That's that's something that we should uh, don very confidently and with a lot of pride. 
so <laughs> but at 24 a lot of you know young men women are obviously gunning for a very lucrative career uh, looking for, or either they're looking to further their education go settle abroad etc etc um but you chose a very uh, uncharted territory so what was your family's reaction when you you know when they um heard you or heard your decision about okay this is what i want to do in life or at least for the next 10 15 years um i think um um my parents were not very they i think they didn't understand why i was doing mm. what i was doing um they're like ngo ngo to theek hai but uh, you've done your mba and you have um you know you, you you need to kind of they they always felt that ngo means something which is absolutely unsustainable or it means only social work it means only um sacrificing like you know um uh, you know something where and i always felt that um i didn't agree with you know um a lot of things that they said and i i always tell my girls at at protsahan as well that you know democracy if you want to understand what democracy is you need to start from your family you need to start putting your thoughts in front of your own father with whom you don't agree on a lot of things mm-hmm. and i think yeah. um it's it's important to uh, also put here that uh, today although my parents um, uh, literally volunteer for the organization in as many ways as they can but i think um mm. in the beginning my father uh, this was a sentence that he literally said that hamare gharon ki ladkiyan brothels mein kaam nahi karti hain kothon mein kaam nahi karti and i i was like i'm not working in a brothel i am working mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, with with the people or the children who should never be around a, a place like that and i have no questions yeah. no um second thoughts on what i'm doing and uh, I, i i think the fact that i never cared about the lucrative career bit or the um mm. i've literally never cared about money i do understand and i acknowledge that it's it's important um to live your life to just do the mm. basic stuff that any any young person wishes to do in their life but i have never been that into that ninyanwe ka chakkar of of you know um hey i need to have this i i've i've felt pretty complete in who i am and i've always felt that um i will always earn enough to take care of myself or my you know absolutely close loved ones and mm. beyond that i don't need anything i i am just so satiated and complete in who i am that i i, mm. I don't think i need money to complete who i am at all so right. that career mm-hmm. bit um uh, i i'm i'm studying even today i am like you know working mm. even today i am uh, i am doing whatever i wish to do um i also understand yeah. that's also a lot of privilege the fact that even if it was a lower middle class or a middle class upbringing i also do understand yeah. that i was blessed with a very good education and that is my mm. privilege which i got to leverage yeah absolutely and i think with a and with a very solid value system as well which has taken you where it has today right and uh, tell me something um, i know this this uh, this is very challenging as a career as even to pursue as a passion it's very very challenging challenging right to rescue uh, these girls who are already they already suffer so much they have a lot of history trauma uh, with them so what keeps you going um i i think um even now you know um i uh, i actually don't know how to like literally answer this question uh, in in straight mm. words but i think um i have always believed that uh, it, you know the minute you weaponize uh, somebody's suffering or your suffering 
um, or victimize the whole um, episode, it prevents healing. You know, of course, it has mm. to be spoken about. Of course, the story, if the person wishes to share, has to be shared. Um, you know, but there has to be. You know, you don't have to be the victim of your suffering. You, uh, you know, you can mm. always choose to be a warrior. You know, somebody who came out of it because these are important tenets when you consider healing. And you know, whenever we talk about um, girls that we are working with or children per se, girls, boys, um, mm. we are working with. We never talk about. The, of course, there's a lot of work on trauma. There's a lot of work um, on you know how we bring in creativity and art and technology to kind of literally um, you know put their mind into something that they wish to do, help them finish schools, and then they end up with jobs, etc. Mm. But all of this trauma handling or healing uh, takes years. Like the gestation mm. takes years and years. So I think one of the things that we probably understood right. was and again something which was very organic it was not that we got five psychologists mm. or you know psychiatrists on board no this was something that just mm. working with the children um, helped us understand over a period of a decade uh, if not less mm. um, what do these children need you know how do these children jump out of where they have been how do they own their story um, they don't have to forgive the perpetrator no that's not my choice or, or the organization's uh, decision mm. they can choose to forgive they right. can choose not to forgive and that's absolutely mm. okay uh, sometimes the abuse is um, not sexual it is physical sometimes the mm. trauma is also from the fact that uh, the families in which they've been brought up are you know there's been an intergenerational poverty uh, since generations yeah. and generations so they, they've always seen a lack of things and never an abundance mm. of things and you know when you understand mm. these things in um, recovery from trauma one thing that i have understood like i said you know uh, we we always teach i don't know uh, that's literally like the the worst word i can use here but um basically mm. teaching um for the lack of a better word don't weaponize um the suffering or your story because uh, that prevents healing right so tell me something it is it's a lot to take on a daily basis right because as i mean obviously uh, it's a journey that every child takes but when you bring them in there's they're already suffering a lot so have you ever felt that your spirit has broken down has anything ever done that to you a particular um, case that you may remember an incident maybe a lot of things diksha um i think sometimes also um you know when you enter the sector specifically uh, the non profit sector vis-a-vis the corporate sector um you know at the co- in the corporate sector more often than not there's a fat pay bonus waiting at the end of the year if the company does well yeah, yeah. uh yeah. here it is um again i don't want to sound corny or i don't want to sound um, you know completely cheeky but uh, the truth is that at the end of the day you see um it's it's also also very selfish i would say because um um i feel that this is the most authentic thing i can do i don't think i can do anything else but you know when you're talking about the children um it's mm. you know the children uh, they are happy beings um trust me sometimes mm. when i see yeah. kids who've gone through a lot of stuff in life like you know mm. sometimes their own parents inflicting stuff on them um they are the happiest versions of people i have ever met or ever seen 
and i think yeah, sometimes I um uh, people like us people um whether it's the volunteers or the people who are working in the um, ngo space or anybody mm-hmm. you know uh, who's looking at the um the, the child from like 5 meters distance you know we probably mm-hmm. get that savior complex and i'll be lying if i said that hey i've been for the first one or two years i felt like you know uh, protsahan was saving the kids only 2 3 mm-hmm. years hence i realized and now in the 10th or 11th year i realized that um, we are who who are we to save kids you know uh, of course a lot mm-hmm. of that stuff is organic but even in the beginning those kids are just happy beings all they need is a safe learning space all they need is a safe space to you know mm. just grow uh, somebody to just love them so much that they start loving themselves and this is i think um something that i've also learned over over this journey that um when we love someone so much they should start loving themselves mm. and there is no better healing yeah. than that absolutely so what's the process of uh, teaching them self love how do you do that how do you turn them around uh um so it's it's like so we use a lot of art um and i i personally feel that you know art is something that makes you go within art is something yeah. so art is a kind of a lie you know let me let me just put it in picasso's words i think where he says uh, something like that art you know art is a kind of lie but it will make mm. you see truths about yourself that you have never fathomed you know i think i'm making mm. a mess of the quote that he had uh, that i had read once but the 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 basic premise is that art makes you look within and um, of course we do a lot of stuff with technology with cameras photography mm. films um education of course completing schools and all of that but i think it's art um that makes them uh, go beyond themselves and that's that's mm. really the you know the power trick uh, that we have at protsahan we use mandalas we use um uh, mm. the entire process of filmmaking um you know photography sometimes they're making yeah. films on issues um like you know uh, bal vivah or child marriage right, mm. right for example mm. so they might be making a movie on child marriage in their community etc to bring a message out but you know the girl who's standing in front of the camera so you asked me how does this healing happen right the same girl mm. she stands in front of the camera as an actor she has body image issues she has issues that she has never respected her own body um and when mm. she's an actor she has to shed all of that because she has to be confident in front of the camera and of course she's taught yeah. that there's a 3 month 6 month process that she undergoes right and mm. when she's behind the camera she's a director so she's calling the shots mm. there is somebody who's listening to her there's somebody who's giving her the uh, respect of her decision being upheld right now when we say healing mm. healing is not um a magic thing um you know and it's not that somebody who's gone through deep trauma needs healing healing is somebody that any adult i think literally if not 10 on 10 then probably 8 on 10 adults need healing yeah. for parts of their lives that they have probably tried to push under the carpet and this is something that's yeah. very difficult to put a monitoring and evaluation pivot table or ppt on on this right um you can yeah. always but what can be really measured in all of this is that she will start doing better at school her scores will improve her um, you know health is going to improve her basic sense of self worth self love confidence self esteem all of that is going to improve her aspirations are yeah. going to go from a point 0 to maybe a 3 or 5 or 6 on 10 you know and i think uh, healing 
can easily be measured the only thing is that mm. it's too difficult sometimes um uh, the the gestation like i said period is too long um and mm. in in the race that you know the ngo sector is today or um, i think generally the corporate ngo everybody is in the space to um you know uh, what what's the scale of things what is the replicability of things and um at mm. a point i do understand that these things are important to make sure that you know what you're doing literally has impact and can be measured yes yeah. absolutely but they should not be uh, ridden to the grave i think uh, we we really need to value what needs to be valued and at the end of the day yeah. it's literally you know empowerment that speaks on their report cards that speaks on their financial independence that speaks on just the way they talk and the shine in their eyes mm. that cannot be put on an excel sheet absolutely i think you're doing a phenomenal job it's definitely not easy to turn lives around like that and it's you you're probably getting so many blessings in return hats off to you thank you i don't know about the blessings <laughs> but uh, there is uh, certainly um, you know i i remember uh, once we were t- trying mm. um, to teach uh, menstrual hygiene or something about reproductive mm. systems and sexual and reproductive body health etc to the girls and we were using a lot of music and we were using a lot of mm. cartoons um and i remember there was there were these um, science anatomy sort of charts that we were you know using mm. and you know how those anatomy charts look like right Yeah. So the the somebody from the and our teachers have conveniently skimmed them. Oh yes. Them Absolutely. Nine standard. Yes. Yeah. So um uh, I still remember there was somebody in the community uh who spread the word mm. saying that um Sonal ma'am yahan pe dhanda karti hai you know uh, she teaches mm. uh, the wrong things the bad things to mm. to the kids and the next thing mm. I know is the community is up in arms and um, you know so there are days like that as well uh, so mm. I don't know I'm about sure. the blessings but there are certainly days like that but on those days it seems like oh my god what I have landed myself into but I think after 4 <laughs> days it's just it's it's a joke then mm-hmm. so speaking of resistances um, i know that you must be working very closely with government organizations as well even some corporates even parents uh, right or the support system that um, or the extended family for example uh, of the children that you rescue so what kind of resistances do you face uh, day in and day out and how do you really overcome them because i'm sure it's not easy to convince them in the first place as to what you're trying to do um i think so so you know just one fact check here uh, not all the kids mm. we work with are rescued um sometimes mm. the rescue is definitely required uh, but at a mm. lot of other times there is a lot of violence and abuse that the children face and uh, mm. you know, we just make sure that you know home visits and uh, counseling and legal help and all of that is also provided um which ideally mm. can be defined as rescue loosely but um, no that's not mm. literally mm. rescue um but having said that i think resistance from the uh, community now it's way less uh, because we've been mm. um, you know doing this for the last almost 11 years now but in the beginning mm. it was way too often and way too frequent um until mm. the girls themselves started started to stand up you know that um 
I want to do this. I want to pursue this computer course or I want to pursue my mm -hmm. education till 12th. And my job then became easy. So first three, four years, yeah. the resistance was more in, on, on the lines of why are you doing this? What is your mm. uh, fayda in this? You know, why do you have a personal yes. profit on of, you know, why why would anybody be doing this? So the mothers of the girls would mm. ask me, um, you know, isme zarur aapka koi fayda hoga. And I would always tell mm. them uh, that, yeah. The, so initially I would try to be defensive um, because again, again as a 24 mm. year old, uh, there's only as much brain you have. Um, and I think, <laughs> no, really, right? And I think mm, yeah, um, you, yeah. you immediately become... Some things you learn on the job. And totally. Evolve, right? so, yeah. And then you you would become defensive, not in the sense of, you know, oh, this is wrong or right, but defensive in the sense that, no, I'm trying to give your daughter um, the kind of, um, you know, the education so that she can stand up on her two feet, etc. Today, I don't have to mm. do any of that, um, you know, uh, like um, any of that, um, uh, uh, what do I say, the stories or um, I don't have to put a statement out because the girls themselves are proof enough, you know, so if um, uh, like the community um, themselves send, you know, sends their daughters or their um, relatives' daughters, or you know, to, to the center or to the different centers now that we have. Mm. Um, it's it's now community driven. Who well, I think in the corporate sector we call the push and the pull factor. It's pretty much the same here. Once mm. the uh, impact is out, once the parents see that you know uh, the parents don't necessarily understand that as trauma or violence or because it's a very um, everyday thing, but they do understand. Yeah, it's normal for them. Very. Um, but they yeah. do understand that as my daughter now speaks very fluent English or my daughter now um, mm. has landed up with a computer assistant, uh, you know, the job of a computer assistant. And she's earning more than the brother and the father of the family combined. She's putting more money on the table. Mm. So she has more decision-making right. capacity in the family. So these are tangibles that they understand. And I think um, that's mm. when, like, thorough, thorough empowerment actually ends up happening for that kid. So when you do work with various sectors across the board, uh, government, uh, corporates, etc., what really irks you the most? What do you think um, is lacking, if I may use the word? And what's really the ground reality, if I, if I had to ask you that? Um, I think the ground reality is not hidden from anyone. I think um, the institutions or uh, people, pe institutions are made of people, right? I think people choose to um, close their eyes um, on things that they would literally see every day at the metro station or at the, you know, at the dhaba. They will still call, um, you know, less than a 15-year-old boy or girl, chotu, uh, choti. You know, these are terrible um, narratives that we have they're so ingrained that people don't even think about it right so um, yeah. leave alone the empathy see governments we can't expect the governments to be empathetic i think it's um, let's just only um, expect just you know being just you know uh, delivering justice i think we'll be uh, that's yeah. like the benchmark um, uh, but i think empathy and let's not expect the governments to be empathetic or compassionate because the numbers that in, in a country like India, you know, when you're looking at the mandate of uh, number of adolescent girls who need to be educated, number of adolescent girls who need uh, sanitary napkins, mm. number of adolescent girls who need to be, you know, finishing their 12th or getting jobs or not being married mm. as child brides, the numbers are crazy, right? So yeah. even if even if there is no empathy, I am fine with the government as long as the systems and the processes and the justice is, you know, um, is delivered right. Yeah. 
as far as yeah. these as long as they're fair yeah totally right and but, but are they fair um see this is something that i'll i'll be lying if i say everything is fair in this world nobody is mm. do the corporates pay all their taxes no uh, you know do no. they do philanthropy oh yeah how right but i think um, so a lot of times uh, you know this is um, like uh, uh, a joke that we have with our csr friends uh, some of who are now mm. extremely extremely good friends and um, so they always say that um, uh, you know csr at least pays for uh, you know these social causes and i said yes mm. some of the csrs that i've had the honor like literally the honor to know um, are exceptionally great grounds up but there are quite a few corporates um like you know just like it's it's again you know i think it's people like you can like people like ngos like corporates like governments like there is no definition to uh, who is good or bad or worse but i think um, yeah. uh, people who say that hey we do so much of um, uh, you know social work uh, as corporates mm. i think they need to first pay their taxes um we are okay if they don't do social work but pay their taxes first um that is more important yeah. so fair is nothing in this world yeah. and will never be mm. um hope is never a great strategy um i think believing mm. or empathy and expecting people to be compassionate or good hearted that's never a good strategy what a good strategy right. probably would be would be setting your systems up uh, right ground up I think that's a very very sane advice uh, but speaking of empathy uh, do you think as a society um, you know our fabric really lacks that because i've seen a lot of i mean let's compare ourselves to the west right people over there donate generously they there's a very strong sense of community there um they participate uh, they come together for a cause if they feel uh, very closely about it but i don't see that in india why do you think that is I think um I would kind of slightly disagree here because I think mm. where you know um it's not that Indians are not empathetic I think um or you know uh, that we necessarily have to compare ourselves with the west because they're probably cleaner um you know surroundings or um, lesser corruption or um all of those things I mean you look at US you will probably be like I don't know which is worse India or US right given today but i think <laughs> yeah. um uh, it's it's also um a lot to do with the fact that um indians have always faced a lack um and when i'm saying indians it's it's also um since you know um the british era the british raj when everything was being looted mm-hmm. away um what was ours was being looted away and i think the lack has kind of passed on to generations of generations of generations where you feel that you know aapko or of course with with the population figures that we have everything is super competitive you know for 10 seats you have probably 2 lakh people applying um so the dynamics of the whole scarcity the scarcity that we see feel observe here is so much more um and i think it's not the lack of empathy really because uh, even today if you go to an extremely extremely humble you know home in a village that person or that mm. family uh, more often than not will still feed you that do roti with achar or yeah. chutney right um yeah. they will feed you before they feed themselves um the lack has been ingrained over a period of time and i think that has taken the empathy away uh, we are still very um you know way more than west we i think take care of our parents of course there is no denying the fact that abuse also exists massively in the yeah. country 
um but we we do have our positives and i think um i'm like a crazy optimist still i don't know how i'm still holding on to that little thread of optimism maybe for another week or a month i don't know until how long this will last in the given scene today but um mm. i think we just lack resources we we don't lack empathy yeah. um at a point yes i do understand um you know uh, where you're coming from in terms of um how we treat people uh, you know again it's it's it's, yeah. it's a lot which is based in the past the history the caste system you know um um jaat caste you know all of that literally and it's it's not something yeah. which is you know which can be cured or taken care of in the next 10 20 30 years it's just the, the young people mm. today who will break that chain in in their close mm. eight or 10 people yeah you know it's very interesting when you say this that there's there's a lot of conditioning that we've all undergone and, and maybe it it does make sense because if you look at a generation before us or two generations you know before us um they would be okay to employ a house help which is like you know a, a minor a, a 13 year old or a 14 year old they'd be okay to do that i'm digressing a little but when i hear that it really uh, makes me cringe and i'm like how can you really employ somebody who's so little uh, for your domestic work your housework uh, or even to take care of a child and i've seen that so prevalent in urban cities metro cities like delhi ncr for that matter and with a lot of pride you know they they carry around this little girl and who is carrying a baby on her shoulders and i'm like how can you so and they will justify it with the fact that we are taking care of her education exactly and that's how they whitewash it even the parents who send the girl they're like uh, you know they have this justification chalo acha khane ko mil raha hai kapda mil raha hai wo set hai wahan pe kama ke la rahi hai so and i don't know what to say really i think um, you know you you very right diksha here but again you know um it's people just don't know i think mm. uh, even when i talk to a lot of my uh, don't know don't care sonal i mean i think there's a difference yeah. because if you ask me maybe our generation is more empathetic or more self aware i would say um i wouldn't do that or maybe the people i know in my circle my age they wouldn't do that they wouldn't employ a 14 year old to do their housework um i i don't know because i have seen somebody from my own school do that right so my school means almost my age my batch um and to take care of her kid she she really did employ a 12 13 year old uh, kid and when i confronted because um, um a lot of people you know actually try to stay away from me because i end up showing the yeah. the you know something that we are now labeled as activist feminist types we will just stand yeah. up for what is right and call out what's wrong and i think we are given names but that's that's i think we take it in our stride too but i think um aisa nahi hai you know it's it's not like that that um uh people our generation are more aware i do however agree with the absolutely agree with the fact that they some absolutely don't care and some absolutely don't know but i think um everybody you know the consciousness has not evolved um uh, yeah. to a point where they think that anybody other than their own selves or their own immediate four five six needs uh is important or relevant i think they feel yeah. the ahem is too strong the me i is too mm. strong for them to feel that um anything else holds relevance so yeah maybe they don't care and maybe they don't know mm. 
tell me something now that you did mention about uh, feminism um what does that mean to you um i think it's uh, just simple equality which is social economic political emotional uh, at every level for both men and women and the third gender um it's something which you know uh, i don't know why the i think people who really don't understand what feminism means are the ones who call it out mm. um it's mm. uh, of course there you know uh, the, the extremes of femin feminazis and i i don't know what all definitions have come up today but feminism mm, yeah. as i understand it's just socio economic political emotional equality right between all genders mm. and um just that i i don't understand what is so difficult that people on yeah. twitter and people on you know social media are still fighting and calling each other names um and anybody yeah. who stands up for what is right uh, as a woman is labeled a feminist as if it was a bad thing yeah i think social media troll is a separate conversation maybe for another podcast altogether so <laughs> we we park it for that, for that one but uh, since we're talking about feminism we we should talk about patriarchy as well what about that what's your take on patriarchy oh wow wow i i think um <laughs> patriarchy i i don't know where to start like i think the <laughs> fact that yeah. um um i i really don't know where to start i think it's it's everything that stops um uh, is it's, it's something that probably is scared of women achieving their full potential and then men not knowing what to do um or um, you know just the fact that they want to show women quote unquote their place um because mm. otherwise uh, we will end up taking their spaces um and that's a very mm. threatened um uh, you know it's it's a very threatening sort of a situation for uh, some some men um yeah uh, i i think it's it stems from a deep fear um it it's nothing else it it just stems from such deep fear that you make and somebody insecurity. insecurity yes yes that's the word mm. you know that makes the other person that you want to take away the strength of the other person or make them like literally at your you know uh, literally take down a pedestal or make them you know do things which mm. is absolutely even illegal um so when we talk about child marriages or when we talk about dowry when we talk about um you know girls not being made to finish schools or even if they are finished schools or even uh, you know um you know even in my uh, mba batch um there have been cases where um, you know the best people in the batch have ended up you know just being married immediately after mba right so i think sometimes right. along uh, there is nothing right or wrong or good or bad as long as their own personal choices are uh, there yeah. but i think as a overarching picture as a overarching understanding mm-hmm. of patriarchy we are also scared of a woman going beyond and achieving her own 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 things you know so for example mm. um i'm not going to say that oh i belong to a very non patriarch world absolutely not i have mm. seen things just like any other indian girl would um and today when my husband cooks way better than i can ever imagine to do um it's mm. kind of looked as you know a lot of our friends a lot of you know maybe our family sometimes uh, feels that mm. um uh, sonil cannot cook and just can you know he actually pairs wines with the right food and i have no understanding of mm. any of this 
so i i sometimes uh, you know also question the the very families and the fabrics of the very people that we live with live you know in the communities yeah. larger not just the four five people with us but you know the larger fabric of the communities that we live in how we are also hmm. um you know uh, kind of um, um you know making sure that patriarchy absolutely exists because we are so conditioned to live with it that anything other than that we don't know how to consume it yeah yeah it rattles them completely you're right um so let's talk about something um nice now <laughs> um what has been the most satisfying moment of your journey so far um i don't know maybe none yet um mm. uh, i i still feel um i don't know if the protsahan journey or my journey in life but i definitely feel um uh, finding somebody as beautiful as a man as uh, jaswinder in my life has been one of my aces in life that i think um <laughs> the universe has planned to bless me with um, yeah congratulations thank you lovely um so tell me if you were to give yourself your younger self advice today what would it be um love yourself um mm. you know it's okay for that little uh, podgy nose it's okay for your complexion to be um dark or i don't know whatever color xyz uh, it's okay for yeah. you to stand out you know if at all from the crowd because you were always meant to be probably um you know there are reasons why sometimes we don't fit in and on that uh, you know there are days when we try so hard as a 13 14 16 year old to fit in you know in our in our school in our class in our batch and i think it's okay to not fit because if we are not fitting in in a space more often than not i think it means in a special yeah right <laughs> Hmm. I wish I had known nice. this um as a 16 17 year old I had so much of self doubt I had um you know I I had so much of self doubt and I think uh if there's one thing that uh, even if I put on 4 5 kgs today you know I I know I'm going to shed it off or I know I'm going to work them out or you know it doesn't bother me you know the oh my god I've, I'm putting on weight no you know i know who i am i um i i think i think it's it's just a generalization maybe or a learning that hits you when you're 30 as a woman generally <laughs> but at 16 i wish yeah. somebody had believed in me to say you know you know you you're beautiful you're great you're you know yeah i think all little girls yeah. need to be told that yeah i think uh, this is a learning for our generation to pass it on to the next one now uh if we did not get this enough uh maybe it's our duty to do that to the next generation absolutely yeah so uh tell me if uh, sonal had a superpower what would it be and what would you do with that superpower um where do you get these questions from uh <laughs> from my brain <laughs> um which is still intact um i think um i would just maybe you know whip a wand a magic wand or something and make this world a little more peaceful um just um happy i don't know you know there there's so much of stuff happening beyond us diksha that you know sometimes i look at i so stopped consuming tv news um uh, by choice yeah. um and yeah, I, that's like- 
Oh, yeah, and at, at times, although, you know, I still consume a lot of my news on Twitter or, you know, places like that, or maybe a couple mm-hmm. of online magazines, yeah. there is still a lot of TV that ends up coming on, you know, your timelines. And I think every time I see mm. things, you know, every time I... Um, uh, it, there was a time, uh, there were like literally three, four years when I went into my shell, um, you know, feeling, thinking that mm. I will do things, uh, you know, with Protsahan, with a lot of love, with a lot of beauty, with a lot of care. But um, it, it would hurt me so much, you know, to see, like, and I'm one of those people, who, uh, you know, um, and I think when you're, you're too emp- empathetic, that's one of the curses that you are mm. blessed with us or given probably, is that uh, you yeah. feel things too deeply. And I think mm. uh, as women, we are also told that, um, you know, you know, and I was told, like, by some of my very, very close friends, rather, uh, growing up at, mm. at 20, 21, 22, that, um, Sonal, you're too sensitive. That's a problem. You know, mm. you, you should try and adjust. <laughs> that a lot. Yeah. As if that was some mm. sort of uh, lack. I think people need mm. to be sensitive, isn't it? People need to not be insensitive. People need to be empathetic. People yeah. need to be just commonsensical and compassionate. Isn't that, shouldn't yeah. that have been the normal, right? But yeah. the fact that as women, right, that, uh, and I, I'm, I'm sure that this the same journey for men is even harder uh, because the men mm. are asked that, you know, hey, if you're a sensitive man, then you're not, you know, you have to man up. You're you not know? man enough. Yeah. Mm. And I think. You have to toughen up. Yeah. You know, you can't cry. Yeah. And, you know, and I think. Yeah. Um, at, or maybe just the simple fact that um, um, you know you, you're too soft with with things, and, and I think irrespective, even now as the, you know the CEO or whatever of an organization, I sometimes get mm. get to kind of hear this um, that you know you you can't be too sensitive about things, Sonal. I think if I was not sensitive, mm. Deeksha, I would have probably never started Protsahan. So I I yeah. take my courage and my being sensitive or being empathetic or whatever as as my you know as, as stars on my uniform if at all I am not apologetic about mm. it um, and I think sometimes uh, we just need to um, you know just just own uh, who we are the, in the most authentic way possible I always tell uh, you know my girls as well that um, it's it's always like um, you know on as if on a number line if you plot. Um, mm. dishonesty let's say at minus 10 honesty would be at a mm. zero and authenticity would mm. be at a plus 10 you know so we are, we are we are trying so hard to be honest with things at, and we are still at zero the day we learn mm. to be who we are the authentic self is when we will become the positive on the number line and that's what we need to do more of I think right beautifully put so that also brings me to uh, the unsolicited advice. I'm sure that's doled out to you a lot of times. So what's the funniest unsolicited advice that you ever got that you remember? Um, I still do get a lot of it. And I think uh, um, uh, that's, uh, it's actually, I don't know if it's sweet or it's, um, because I don't mind it. You know, I, I am not like, oh, why are you giving me this? It's not needed or I just love, it's so funny sometimes, you know, that I am told yeah. that, oh, I should have a kid of my own. I don't want to have a kid of my own. Maybe 10 years later, okay, if I feel like it, I'm going to, you know, look at it. But no, I right. don't wish to have a kid of my own. Um, and I think, uh, and that's absolutely like a dual decision between Jas and me. But I think um, this, this advice of uh, um, when I was, I think, 26 or 27, I got mm. this advice to hey, get married. Now you should absolutely get married. I got married when I was sure of the man. The man was sure of me, yeah. right? And that was when I was 32. 
um and i think um, just these little and again that brings me back to patriarchy right the question that you asked that this all of this uh, you know unsolicited advice also stems from the fact that we are we are to be a certain way because patriarchy yeah. demands us to be a certain way if we don't confine to um you know uh, uh, that 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 box that they have created for us we will threaten them yeah. and that threatening is what leads to that unsolicited advice but it's it's it just makes me laugh now it just makes me laugh yeah i think that's that's the best we do uh just ignore it um and unfortunately or fortunately they haven't been able to clip your wings so yeah uh <laughs> that's that's really their problem to deal with um tell me uh what's that one thing on your bucket list uh to see the northern lights in alaska or finland or um that's abs- uh, maybe not number 1 i don't know if there was a mm. bucket list or a number 1 but that's uh, definitely something i want to do um mm. and um that's beautiful yeah. i i can't mm. think of anything else right now <laughs> crazy or kind what defines you um certainly crazy i'm not the kind person oh, oh, no 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 and i, I think uh, that's a no that's a misconception um you know a lot of people feel that um, because i would have uh, you know maybe um, uh, you know because i run an organization like protsahan i will be always very kind and giving and unconditional no i'm not like that mm. i will switch off my mm. phone um when i don't want to take calls i will and this is again you know diksha this is a learning that has come in after maybe 7 8 years if not 10 um of running an organization that you know there are days because you love this thing so much you know you are you're putting your heart mind body soul sweat tears blood everything literally into the organization yeah. or your work uh, it doesn't seem like work and you know although a lot of people call it as passion i think for the person who is doing this it also is a lot of exhaustion because you do not know when yeah. to switch off you do not know when this passion will become a little fatigue even so so for example the running around the fire fighting on the ground that i would do at 24 26 at 34 um yeah. i probably have 10 people who do it um but you know as as me personally uh, i think i need at the end of if not the week i i i would be lying if i say that i get time to read and stuff but uh, maybe at the end of the month or maybe a few hours um uh, a month i would want to just switch off my phone read what i want to read watch a couple of great movies a month um and not yeah. want to be disturbed and if that means not picking up five phone calls i am not apologetic about it so maybe that makes me unkind i am not sure but that's certainly uh, something that i think i need to do to recharge myself to be able to do best of who i am or you know to do best work to be the best version of myself the next day at work so um certainly yeah. not kind uh, that was a very long answer but uh, crazy definitely yes um i think if i if i was not crazy i would still be um doing what i was doing i remember uh, how we had met um you were sitting right next to me uh, on the first day of this new role that i had picked up at uh, organ- at an organization and i remember yeah. i used to see you um, and i was i was never you know that um, you would constantly be looking in your computer you would have your <laughs> breakfast at your table and a very healthy breakfast at that i remember all of the diksha and oh God. <laughs> and um i um i i was just beginning you know and the corporate culture or the corporate and that was when protsahan was i think 3 4 years old or more mm. and um i realized that i'm i'm turning broke 
I need money. So I started doing some consulting and that was that role that I had picked up when I met you. Um, and I think um, uh, crazy is more me. I am myself right. when I'm crazy doesn't mean like, oh, you know, shouting on the rooftops. But crazy also means subtly picking up your battles, uh, doing it your way and winning them. Absolutely. I think you need to have that little bit of craziness uh, to do the kind of work you do. It's not easy. It's not easy. And um, with the kindness, I think it's okay to think about yourself. Like you said before, self-love. So you have to put your needs first as well sometimes and it's okay to switch off. So that's fine. You don't have to feel guilty about it. Absolutely. Okay, so if, if I were to ask you a song that defines your life, what would that be? Oh shoot, I should have done my homework. Um, <laughs> song? Well, um, I did not prepare you for this question. <laughs> uh, uh, I think, um, I it might sound funny, but I think I like a lot of Taylor Swift. Um, uh, the, the lyrics, uh, there's, there's, there's no one song. But I think a lot of times um, I love Adele. Um, I I like um, oh, yeah. I like a lot of Pradeep, uh, the old uh, Pradeep that you you know uh, that my father used to listen to. So a lot of mm. the Pradeep songs um, is it's it's, it's music. <laughs> Choose has, one. Um, um, okay, now you're putting me in a soup. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's this. Um, um, I should text you after the conversation, maybe. <laughs> because, you know, music for me has always um, meant... Um, Sorry. Uh, music for me has always meant uh, lyrics um, way more than, um, you know, anything else. So, you know, I listen to something, I read the lyrics along with the thing and they just... And I, I don't remember the lyrics, like, you know, always. I, I can't hum mm. the lyrics with the song because I'm also a very terrible singer. But uh, definitely um, Pradeep and uh, Taylor Swift. <laughs> Very weird combination. But... That's okay. See, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Who's your favorite author? Um, I think Amartya Sen is very good, but uh, I've always mm. loved, as a kid, I've loved Royal Dal, um, a lot of magical stuff, you know, a lot of Matildas and a lot of, um, I've liked adventurous magical stuff, but um, mm. Ayn Rand and Amartya Sen as an adult, uh, these but, two. But isn't that what you're doing for your girls now? Uh, becoming the fairy godmother for them? Um, I don't know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were to write a book on your life, what would the title be? Mm, my courage is my capital. That's beautiful. Um, one thing that your girls have taught you that has stayed with you. Patience. Oh um, yes. Yeah. Children demand a lot of patience. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, I think that's the end of it. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for opening up. Um, and I will keep you posted on when this comes out, yeah? Absolutely. Thank you. Bye.